Welcome, my ghoulish fiends, to a brand new Frightful Christmas episode. You know the drill by now. Grab your favorite hot beverage, turn off your lights, get cozy, and listen to these creepy true stories. <laughs> The Visitor I had a big old golden retriever, Barlow, that I loved more than anything. In the past year, I noticed him aging even more, to the point where he wouldn't even get up to greet me when I walked in the door, so I got in the habit of settling down and decompressing a bit instead of immediately having to take him out for a walk. One evening, I got home from work, and it was already dark because it was that time of winter when it gets dark in the late afternoon. I didn't turn the lights on because, frankly, it had been a long day, and I just wanted to fall on the couch for a few minutes and relax before starting my night. As I lay in the quiet, I heard Barlow shuffling around and saw his outline shuffling on the other side of the room. I called for him, but he just got really still and didn't come. I shrugged it off and went into the kitchen to get a glass of water before going to my bedroom where I planned to change into some sweats and take Barlow for a walk. When I flicked the lights on, I saw Barlow in a deep sleep on my bed. There was no way he would have gotten back in there and slept without me noticing. To this day, I don't know what was crawling around on all fours in my living room, but I know it wasn't Barlow. The woman in the kitchen. Growing up, I always had a bad feeling in my childhood home, and I never liked to be alone there, ever. I didn't actually have any bad experiences, and so when I grew up, I assumed the bad feeling was just a kid thing. When I was seven months pregnant last winter, I went home to visit my family for Christmas. My husband had to work right up until Christmas Day, so it was just my mom, my younger sister, and me for a few days. One afternoon, my mom told me she was running to the grocery store. Being seven months pregnant, I decided to just lay on the couch in the living room, and soon I dozed off. When I woke up, it had gotten dark, and since the kitchen light was on behind me, I could see a bit of the kitchen reflected in the window I faced as I lay on the couch. There was a woman walking around, and I assumed it was my sister, but I couldn't see clearly. I wasn't afraid at that moment, and I was about to open my mouth and tell my sister to come over because the baby was kicking, but I had an overwhelming feeling like I should be quiet and go back to sleep. A while later, I woke up again as my mom flicked on the lights and started putting groceries away. I saw my sister walking in the door with grocery bags in her hands and made a comment about her waking me up from my nap. They looked confused, and my sister told me she'd decided to go with my mom to the grocery store. The Body in the Lake My cousin and I went swimming at the lake in our town like we'd done hundreds of times over the years. It was a sunny day and we were having a great time laughing and treating water and catching up. 
All of a sudden, my cousin gets this weird look on her face and says she thinks a big fish swam into her leg because something slippery and solid brushed past her ankle. This freaked us out enough that we decided to go sit on the beach and tan for a while. About an hour later, we were still at the beach when we heard some people talking loudly and some kids screaming. We got up and walked over to where a crowd of people had gathered on a rocky section of beach about 20 yards from the sandy part we'd been swimming in. A decaying human body had washed up there and gotten stuck behind a partially submerged log that jutted out from the shore. We read in the newspaper later that it was the body of an older man who'd gone missing a week earlier. They think he went for a swim at night by himself and drowned. To this day, my cousin insists his body is what touched her leg in the water that day. She says it was soft, and when she went to kick it away, it seemed bigger and more solid than a fish, like nothing she'd ever felt in a lake before. He was going to take her. I had to babysit my cousin one Saturday, so I decided to take her to the mall. She was seven at the time and obsessed with this store that sells little girl clothes and accessories. She wanted to spend hours in there looking and touching everything. I was really bored, so I was just kind of following her around and playing on my phone. At some point, I looked up and realized I had lost track of her. I quickly walked around the entire store and finally found her at a display near the door talking to a middle-aged man who was crouched down and joking around with her. It seemed like he was telling her a funny story because she was smiling too. As I was watching, he stood up and grabbed her hand and started walking with her out the door. I walked up to them and asked my cousin if she knew who he was. I could tell instantly I'd interrupted something. The color drained out of this guy's face and his genuine smile turned into a really nervous, fake-looking one. He said, I was just going to help this little girl find her mother. But I knew from his reaction he'd been up to something sinister and I'd caught him just in time. I grabbed my cousin's hand and marched her away and reported the man to mall security, who lamely said they'd keep a lookout. I had a long conversation with my cousin about strangers and made sure she understood she was never to go off with someone she didn't know, even if they said they knew her family. He didn't know I was there. I was in a public restroom in a mall, and I'd pick an out-of-the-way one so I had some privacy to do my business. After a few minutes, I heard a guy walk in and go to the urinal. I could see just a little sliver of him through the crack in the stall. I heard the guy's phone ring and he finished up and answered. I could tell right away this wasn't a conversation he wants someone to overhear, so I lifted my feet up so he could think, or at least pretend, he was alone. I could hear the person on the other end of the phone screaming, but I couldn't make out what the words were. They just sounded hysterical. Then I heard this guy say, Is she breathing? And the person started talking at a normal volume, 
because I could barely hear anything. At this point, I'm holding my breath because this is obviously a very serious situation and I don't want to involve myself in it, but I wasn't really afraid until I heard the guy talk again and he said, Just make sure she doesn't leave before I get there. He hangs up, washes his hands, and leaves while I'm sitting there on the toilet with my mouth agape. I want to think that my imagination was running away with me, that he wasn't on his way to go murder some girl, but I don't know why he wouldn't have told his friend to call an ambulance if someone had been in an accident where, are they still breathing, is a question you'd ask. He was stone cold about it too, like someone who was tired of cleaning up this kind of mess. Truck stop girls. I ran away from home when I was 16 and spent a few months hitchhiking back and forth across the country. It was incredibly dangerous, but I was young, dumb, and it seemed better than the situation I left at home. I mostly caught rides with truckers because that's who would take me. They wanted company, and sometimes they wanted more, but generally they weren't a bad bunch, just wanted to listen to music and talk to me about stuff. A lot of them were even a bit protective, hooking me up with other guys they knew that were headed the direction I wanted to go in. There were some bad guys too, but there was only one really bad guy. I'd had bad luck getting a ride out from this one particular truck stop. I'd been up all night waiting to find someone who would take me with them, and finally, this guy overheard me asking someone else and said he'd give me a lift. I had a bad feeling immediately, but I felt like the decision was already made, and I'd had bad feelings before, which turned out to be okay rides. We weren't even a few miles down the road when he started to seriously creep me out. He started lecturing me how unsafe it was for a young girl to be out on her own. He said things like, These truck stop girls, they go missing, and no one notices for months or years. It's almost like it doesn't count. I tried to be polite and thank him for his advice, but internally I was freaking out and wondering how soon I could ask him to let me out without making him angry. Eventually, I made up a story and asked if I can get out because I'm having my womanly time and wanted to make an adjustment. I told him I could just hitch another ride after I had time to take care of my hygiene. I hope this whole conversation put the possibility of raping me far out of his mind. He pulled over on the side of the road near a cornfield and I got ready to get out, but he controls the locks and my door is still locked. He looked at me in the eyes, reached over me, and manually unlocked the door and said, Run away, little girl. I scrambled down to the ground and ran as fast as I could ever remember running for a few minutes in sheer terror. I have no idea if he chased me or not, but when I came to my senses, I just kind of sank to the ground in the middle of the cornfield and got into the fetal position and tried not to make any noise. I listened and didn't hear anyone coming, but I spent the better part of a night there, too scared to move. Join us this Saturday for our last frightful Christmas episode. Remember to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. 
You'll find the link in the show notes. Stay safe, my loves, and remember that real life is scarier than fiction.